This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Dr. Lisa Thala is a licensed physician in internal medicine and pediatrics with a double master's in public health and acupuncture, herbology and meditation. She has been working on the front line during this COVID-19 pandemic as a hospitalist. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity podcast. Dr. Thaler established, according to Dr. Lisa, with the hope of disrupting the medical culture narrative by incorporating humanism, diversity, and inclusion into the broader conversation. She is also about to launch a targeted private community called Under the White Coat in Training, in which she'll coach up-and-coming healthcare practitioners about how to cultivate self-care, mindset of trust and pleasure, and integrate intimacy and deeper relationship with self and others into their developing career paths. I think these are not only important for having a fulfilling career, but also play either a crucial role in the management of obesity or have been impacted by obesity in some way or the other in patients who suffer from it. Uh, welcome, Lisa. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, we were talking a little bit about uh, your journey before we started recording this episode and uh, what a fascinating journey you've had. So I'm glad you're here to share it with all of us. So when did your weight really become an issue for you? Yeah, so I was one of those people, super skinny as a teen, super skinny in college, always into fitness, uh, was an aerobic instructor. So, you know, had that that regular habit um, of, of exercise that really stayed with me. Um, even, even through medical school, I, I had shared with you earlier that I was very busy during medical school. I actually had two of my babies during medical school and one in training. Um, and even after I had my first two in medical school, I was still able to really keep up with the academics, still get my master's in public health, still be a mom and lose that baby weight through doing the things that I had always done, you know, being extra careful with my diet, taking out the things that I loved, right? The extra sugar, all the white grains, being active. Uh, it really wasn't until I had my third baby as a resident. That was a a mind and body altering experience where um, <laughs> everything I knew about my body that I'd worked before just did not work. And that was really when the weight would not come off in all the ways that I knew it. I see. Now you mentioned that uh, you were very physically active and very conscious about what you were eating, you know, throughout your life and up until you had your third baby. But did you ever struggle from weight that made you kind of be that way? Or it was just you were very conscious about what you were eating? I was actually never conscious about what I ate. I was very conscious about my physical activity. It wasn't until I had to lose I the see. baby okay. weight, when I had to lose the baby weight. And also I think something, you know, when you're 
growing a small human and you're, and you're in medical school, you're learning about the body and, and, you know, all the effects that your nutrition has that being, you know, med peds and knowing I was always going to into pediatrics, breastfeeding for a year, preparing baby food the year after that, it made me develop healthier habits to really lose the baby weight until I, until I was trying to lose the baby weight. I never really focused so much on the nutrition part. I see. But you were always physically active throughout your life and that was just a part of your lifestyle or um, was there something at the back of your mind that motivated you to be physically active? You know, I was always physically active. Um, I always used it as a stress reliever. I always enjoyed lifting weights and running. And then before I went to medical school, when I got my master's acupuncture and Chinese medicine, yoga, tai chi, and, and some of those other more yin, more relaxing, stress relieving exercising came into place to balance that. So that was always a piece of my stress relief, my self-care, my um, just enjoying you know, my body and being able to move. So that, that has just always been, you know, I come from a father who was a football, you know, was big sports guy. And so that was just kind of part of our growing up, you know, throwing a ball around, running around. Uh, that was just kind of part of it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, on my podcast, uh, most of the time that I've spent so far on, on most of the episodes that I've done, I actually haven't done an episode on exercise per se, because really for weight loss, um, uh, we, the diet forms a very, very big component. Uh, the exercise per se helps in the weight maintenance, but not necessarily so much so with the weight loss. But having said that, exercise plays such a crucial role in in anybody's life, in your health, because uh, it's not just about losing the weight or not losing the weight. It has so many other effects, so many other beneficial effects that a person can experience, just like you mentioned, stress relief. Um, there is data to suggest that even people who don't lose the weight, if they're exercising, they have a better they have advantage over people who do not exercise in terms of cardiovascular risk, um, etc. So exercise is a very crucial part of a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, um, like you said, you were very active. I think everybody should try and be very active. And the current guidelines do mention physical activity, moderate intensity, about 150 minutes per week, which is about 30 minutes a day for five days. Um, and it's important that to understand that it doesn't have to be one big stretch of 30 minutes. It can be, you know, done in 10, 10 minute uh, bouts as well. So that becomes very convenient to do. Um, so yeah, coming back to your story now. So uh, you said that you had your baby and uh, that's when your weight really spiraled out of control. What what changed? What, made, what do you think made this weight uh, go so high after um, you had your third baby or during your third pregnancy? I think there were signs before that with my other two, you know, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think before then I was just one of those people that maybe some people don't like, you know, that I could kind of exercise my way through a bad diet. I could, I could kind of do it without thinking of much of it. And then when I started having babies, when I think back, you know, the first time I gained 25, 30 pounds, the second baby, 50 pounds. Um, and then is, I really focused more on nutrition because it was the first time I was really trying to lose the weight. Half of it came off with breastfeeding. Um, so breastfeeding's great <laughs> for burning calories. Uh, but the other half, I had to be more thoughtful. I had to really think about what I was eating, both from an energy perspective 
from a hydration perspective because of the breastfeeding. So I really had to start paying attention to, to nutrition to be able to get the weight off with those two. But I think you're right. In hindsight, you know, every baby, I was getting further along in the medical training process. My stress was going up. Um, all of those things, I think, made it so where I was gaining weight more with each pregnancy and it was taking longer to lose. I see. So did you have any attempts to lose the weight after you had your third baby? What all did you try? Yeah, so the third baby was a game changer. Um, whereas with the other two, I had the energy to keep up with the exercise and to be thoughtful about nutrition. By the time, you know, remember, by the time I started residency, I started with a one and a half and a three-year-old. And then by the time I was pregnant again... That itself is a game changer. <laughs> know, Starting residency with two kids is a game changer. <laughs> and then by the time I was pregnant again, my other two were only five and three, wow. right? And my third baby, as some people may or may not know, you know, by the time you have your third baby, you're not like cute pregnant anymore. I was like taking the pregnancy test and already looking 12 weeks. Like my stomach was just so used to being pregnant. Like I did not have the musculature because I was just pregnant right. so often. Um, so, so I think, you know, I, I think the big difference was just underestimating the cumulative exhaustion that had occurred between my, my babies, getting a double master's, now being, you know, seven, eight years into medical training, the chronic sleep deprivation, sporadic eating, unhealthy hospital cafeteria oh God, eating, yeah. you know, the, the coffee, the sugar to do those long shifts. I think it really hit me hard when I was pregnant with, with my third um, baby. And I gained, gosh, I, I think I gained almost 70 pounds. I mean, it was, oh, wow. it was dramatic. It was dramatic. It was dramatic. <laughs> and you gained those 70 pounds during your pregnancy? Yes. And then what yeah. did your OBGYN say? You know, I had very supportive OBGYNs. They, they were, they, they were like, you're a resident, you're pregnant, just do your best sister. You know, they, they were not overly critical. Um, I never had issues with diabetes, um, in pregnancy or anything like that. Um, but it did affect my health. My, my pr blood pressures were higher, you know, related to stress and just my body from carrying that much weight. I really, it could, it was much harder to stay physically fit during my pregnancy and after. So whereas before I had been able to stay very physically active, completely gave out with the third baby. I mean, I was sharing with you, you know, before I was like the resident who would push her kids on the weekend and go for runs. Like by my third baby, I wouldn't even take the stairs with the team. I was like, forget this. I'm in the elevator, like just waddling around. The effect of that much weight was, um, gra gravity is a real thing, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you try to lose the weight? What did you initially try? So initially I tried to do what I knew, you know, I would start and stop with exercising. I would say, you know, I, I would try what I had done before. I'm just going to take the 21 days, the 30 days to build a new habit. And I would totally not be able to keep up. I would try what I had done before, which is just, just wake up earlier, you know, get it done first thing in the morning. Um, I would, I would, tried everything. I tried leaving out my exercise clothes. So I had to walk past them. I tried sleeping in my exercise clothes. So I oh, physically wow. had to change out of them to say I wasn't going to exercise. And I, I would literally hit the alarm and just be like, screw this. <laughs> I, I, I just was that exhausted 
that I could not override my body anymore to keep up with that exercise, you know, getting six hours of sleep interrupted by multiple children and still wake up at five. Like my body was done with that push through, just, you know, bear down, try harder, work on your willpower. My body was just way, way done, way done. Yeah. So when did you realize that it was, it was time to do something different? I was exhausted. I would come home and I love my job. I I will always be clinical. I'm passionate about what I do. And I literally felt like a walking zombie. I would see patients and just nothing really, um, nothing really landed. I didn't, I felt like I was sleepwalking through life. You know, I love my children. I have three healthy children. I had everything on paper, right? A physician, three healthy children, a wonderful husband. And I felt like I was dying inside. I was exhausted and I just couldn't wait for everybody else to go to sleep. And so I would come home every single night and just, be, I was, it was, I'm very, I got very dramatic. It was like eat, pray, love moment. I would literally get on my knees, look up at the sky and just cry out of exhaustion. Um, and, and I didn't recognize it as for exhaustion then. I thought it was just something with me. I thought that, you know, I didn't understand. I had been given all these gifts of health and, and all these things, but I was just miserable. I felt like I was dying. And so I just would literally be on my knees praying every night, you know, just come help me, help me figure out what this is. Um, because all the things I'd used before were not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so how did you figure it out? A little bit of luck and prayer and and serendipity. And, you know, I found I found a book and I don't even remember how I found it. It was uh, the School of Womanly Arts by Mama Gina, Regina Thomasher, who ended up being one of my mentors who I studied with, um, were the basis of my coaching and feminine empowerment. That was really the start of that journey. And her main message was getting out of this conditioning that as women, we have to be perfect. You know, we're always trying to, uh, thinking we're not enough or thinking we're too much, you know, to really get out of our heads into our bodies and that, that just drive yourself harder, just get it done. Uh, mentality does not work in the long term. That everything is about pleasure. Everything is about self-love. Everything is about really getting honest with what you desire and what's important. And once I eased up on myself and really could listen to what I wanted, which was rest, it was not intense exercise. It was rest. Then I was able to make slower, more sustainable changes. Instead of this, you know, I'm going to go intermittent fasting, know this 30 days, all starting now, just bear down and then beating myself up, right? Like really giving myself the stick to stay with it. This was a lot more giving myself a, a very long carrot where, you know, what does my body actually need? Rest. We're really delving into nutrition, like what's really sustainable, what really what do I really, really want? What nutrients, what combination, like really, really paying attention to what my body wanted and not overriding that in the ways I had before. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, basically saying what's sustainable because uh, weight loss is not something that you do for a few days and you're done. It's a lifelong journey that you have to take because, and that's why it's recognized as a chronic disease. And I keep hopping on this point because it is a chronic disease and we should recognize it as such. It's not something that is wrong with 
one particular person, um, but it's something that needs to be treated as a disease. And um, we can treat it by different ways, nutrition, um, exercise, medication, surgery. We have different modalities available for it. Um, and really, something we have to find something that is going to be lifelong because it is going to be a lifelong disease that we need to treat because once we remove those interventions, the disease will still be there. It's It's always there. We're just controlling it. And once your mindset changes about how you're going to treat it and the fact that it's a, it's going to be a lifelong disease that you have to manage, uh, it's not about curing per se, it's about managing it. Once that shift occurs in your mind, then you realize and you're more cognizant of the, the steps that you can take to actually help you with um, this disease of obesity. Um, so Lisa, you know, whenever anybody starts a weight loss journey, without a lot of the information or with a lot of the misinformation that's out there, everybody sets a certain goal, right? Did you ever have this this idea that I want to be X weight or I want to fit into this X size of clothes? And did that change over time? Yes, 100%. I mean, I think, especially with my first two pregnancies, the goal was always to get back, like to pretend the pregnancies never happened and I was just going to get back into my old clothes, my old shape, my old, uh, you know, numbers on the scale. Um, when it came to, to my third baby and that weight loss with, with, you know, now seeing numbers like the 70 pounds, 60, 70 pounds, something like that, that I would need to get back. And really it was that last 30, that 30, 35 that were, were not budging. Cause again, I, I would always lose about half through breastfeeding through that first year. Um, but that last 35 was really stubborn. And that's when I had to realize that I needed to adjust my mindset. I think before I had really been approaching this from, I mean, I'm going to be honest, a, a position of, of hating my body, of hating the fat, of ha hating the changes. At that point, I had had three babies, right? So, you know, the effects of breastfeeding and, and you know, all the, the changes that happen in my body, it was really... I, I don't know that I would have known that at the time, but it was really like, ugh, get rid of this. This is not me, you know, really hating it or hating the fat. And so I really had to this time come from a place and something that I teach and coach people around is it's all about that relationship with yourself, loving yourself as you are, accepting it and thinking about how can I love my body by giving it the nutrition, the exercise that it wants at a slower pace because now, right, I'm trying to juggle three kids and a full career graduating right. from training. It's, it's a very different game. Um, and I think, I think having experience and having children really teaches you that, you know, yeah. you, you're exhausted as a, as a mom <laughs> and you think, you know, my, my body's gone to shit, you know, excuse my language, but you're, but your kids look at you like, you know, I mean, my little, so I have two girls and, and my little bowling ball was a boy and he's just, you know, mommy, you were the most beautiful mommy in the whole wide world. Right. Like, but I think <laughs> as women, we, we don't let that in. We, we're like, oh, that's cute. But like, that's really what love is like. That really is how they see us. And some of the things that I teach is really, really letting that sink in and letting that guide you know, what you, what you do. And yes, like the longest answer to your question, but coming from that place, 
the exact numbers and how I looked, if I could fit into those old jeans versus, you know, being the size up that I am, it really became less and less important (laughs) in my priorities. Okay. But just to get a perspective of how much you've lost, uh, would you be willing to share like how much you've gone down? You you were up 70 pounds, you lost half of it, and then you were still stuck with the rest of the half. That's when you kind of had this moment when you changed things around. So yeah. how much of that, uh, how much of it have you yeah, lost? Yeah, so, so to talk numbers, because I love that. It's like, let's just be transparent. So I was 145 and got to 150 after my second pregnancy. So before I got pregnant, I was 150, gained the 70 pounds. So up over 200, which I think is always like, ah, as a woman, right? So up over 220 and then very quickly got down to about 190, 185 really easily over the first like year and a half. And then my little guy just turned four. So it really took like a another two years of losing a quarter to a half pound a week, like, like those kind of numbers and like going up and going down, right. Not being linear, not marching towards a goal. You know, that was not my experience. It was like, I would lose at times I would stand still. I would think it, it wasn't working, um, all of those things. So where I'm now 20 pounds higher than when I, you know, first got pregnant, like that weight I had always been or always known myself to be. I see. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, um, and you know, each time you gain the weight, it becomes harder to lose that weight down. So the body has a tendency to, to sustain the higher weight. And that's why it becomes so much more difficult each time you have this uh, yo-yo cycle of going down, going up, you keep going up to a higher number and it becomes more difficult to come down. And but the the mind doesn't know this, and you're always wanting to get down to the lowest number that you've had in your life, and that's really very very difficult. Um, sometimes it's not possible for people to do that. Now you know we were discussing a little bit about your your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your family members. How did that change with your weight gain, and how did you fix that? Yes, I mean I think again I think the biggest takeaway I could tell people is that was all about my own relationship with my body. You know, I I just felt like I couldn't relate to it. This wasn't the me I knew, right? We always picture, I would picture myself in high school and college when I had, you know, none of those other, um, responsibilities. And I was just studying and exercising and, and, you know, making money as an aerobics instructor, you know, back on a step, like this was, you know, what I did. And, um, I would keep picturing that as being me and it really took time to realize and to, to really love all that I had experienced that I had been in training for 10 years, which involves a lot of sedentariness and sitting that I had had three children and that my body was going to show scars and, you know, bite marks and things like that. And to be okay with it myself. And then from that acceptance, I think you, you're able to really receive that other people see you that way too. You know, I think a a lot of women are their worst critics and they think, oh, my partner could never because I could never. When in all honesty, the same way my kids don't see it, like my husband is very smart. You know, there's a reason <laughs> there's, there's a reason we've been married so long and he's seen me through this journey. He's like, I know the drill. When you lose weight, I'm supposed to ooh and ah and say, oh my goodness, of course you now fit to that. And when you don't, I'm supposed to say, what are you talking about? I, I never really noticed, you know, you're beautiful anyway. Like, like he's able to, 
to be both. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he, he's, um, he's beautifully supportive that way. I, I never felt at any stage that I was less beautiful when I was, you know, a hugely third pregnancy pregnant with, with a bowling ball of a baby. Um, I never felt like I was less attractive or sexy to him. I did it all myself. I was hard on myself. I didn't want to like show up and dress as uh, maybe low cut or sexy or, you know, I didn't want to be that until I had gotten to a certain weight. And that was something I just had to let go of or else I'd still be waiting and life, life is not worth, not life is not worth that. <laughs> what do you think was your biggest struggle? I know you, we've, we've been talking pretty much about the mindset shift that you had, but what was your biggest struggle? So to say, was it just um, your struggle with yourself and accepting the fact that, you know, you've had this tr- training as, and you've been an athletic instructor in the past and just letting go of that. What was your biggest struggle? I think there was a few. I think it was that perfectionist, why can't I willpower myself to do this? I was very hard on myself for that. Before then, I mean, I could set the alarm, you know, do do it right. That idea of, you know, doing it right. Um, we, uh, that That's so damaging. You know, the, the right thing to do is you just wake up earlier. You just do it. You should have willpower. If not, you're being lazy. You, you deserve to be overweight. You're not taking it seriously, you know, and um, being really methodical with everything that I would eat. And, and that was really hard to keep up with, you know, making lunches for two kids and working the 80 hours and breastfeeding a baby. They just being a lot gentler. It took me a long time to give myself a gentler, a a gentleness, a, um, it's, it's not going to be fast. It's going to be small changes. I think I really bought into the, and for some people, maybe that works, you know, I'm going to change everything and I'm just going to make that all my new habits. For me, that stopped working after my third baby. It was all about making small, sustainable changes, playing around with what worked, what didn't work. And when I hit plateaus, I would just change it up. I, I would just change it up, Ch- change right. up my biggest meal, change up how my plate, you know, it was a lot also of, of becoming more conscious of things that um, I had not had to be conscious about before, you know, what all my plates look like, doing yeah. the meal prep beforehand, um, really thinking about what's around me. Because if it's around me and I, I I would skip meals, that was my, that was another one of my big challenges. Um, I would love to like not eat and then I would be starving and just like what's around, right? Especially being a hospital rounder, I would eat a shake in in the morning and then go, go, go. And then at two or three, just want to eat everything in sight. And I really had to do the snacks in my pocket and, um, you know, eat differently, you know, that, that there's no one as, as I'm sure, you know, and you talk about, like, there's no one size fits all as far as how you do the diet. Right. It's Um, not very individualized. Yeah. It's about finding what works for you really. Um, and yeah, it's, it's about planning. It is a lot about planning and, uh, the mental play that goes into all of this planning. Now, did you incorporate, uh, any, any, um, health professional in helping you lose the weight, for example, an obesity specialist or uh, a health coach? 
You know, I didn't. Our division chief uh, in in my residency program actually ran the obesity program. So she would give like tips and little things like that. And then when that worked and then didn't work, like I was still kind of stuck. Um, then I reached out and yes, I worked with a obesity coach um, who wrote, oh my goodness, I might have to remember. What, oh, it was don't hide behind your weight. And I might not have that perfectly. Um, but I think it was like, stop hiding behind your weight, something like that. And I really, once, once I started working with her without accountability piece and really thought about you know, what that meant hiding behind your weight. That, that was a really big step um, for me. Yeah. And for her, the hiding behind your weight as a woman was, I, I wasn't really putting myself center in my life. I was still kind of doing the diet and exercise thing. But if I got busy with the kids, I would eat from their plates. Like I was kind of not giving myself the space and time to be fully prepared and like meal prep and all these other things. Um, I would have intention to exercise, but if the kids needed something, if work needed me late, like I really wasn't putting myself front and center. And I was hiding behind that a little bit. And I was also physically hiding. Um, I don't know how this will land with everybody. But I think for a lot of women, there can be something really comforting if you've been young and, and very thin. Um, you get a lot of male attention. You get a lot of sexual gaze on you. And I think at some point, as I kind of got further along in life, I realized that I was hiding from that a little bit. Um, that, you know, as a mom now, I didn't, I had this idea of what a mom should look like. And I didn't want to really, um, get that kind of attention anymore. Like there was kind of this bit of hiding, especially in professionalism, right? You know, you think right. of a successful doctor, um, you know, that whole bikini challenge thing came out, you know, that a yeah, successful exactly. doctor that somehow um, if you get attention for your appearance, you're not as professional and not as smart. And so I think once I became a mom, I, I like to hide a little bit and not really step into my full fitness and, and really show off my body in the same way. And so the weight was a convenient way to do that. Yeah, so yeah it's interesting how complex uh, the mind is and how complex these interplays of these thoughts are. Now, you know, I, you've been so much into exercise. Let's talk about from a busy mom's perspective. Uh, what is your favorite form of exercise as a busy mom? As a busy mom, my favorite form is to do it with the kids. So I have an app on my phone uh, where, and I, and I totally change it up. I'm someone who gets bored and I also live in uh, upstate New York. So obviously different seasons, different times, um, but I have an app on my phone and now my kids are older. So they will do like the, you know, two, five minutes of burpees. And then it, you know, just really following along an exercise routine on my phone. I like to be flexible on the go, not need too much equipment and not need a lot of prep and just get it done. I love things with timers that tell me you're going to do like two minutes of this exercise, five minutes of this really kind of like short bursts, the hit exercise, really high intensity. Um, I like to do that. And I do it right along with my kids. Everybody's different. You know, there were times in my life when the kids were smaller that I used to really like to put them in the stroller and just put on headphones and kind of get space and go. Um, but now that they're older, it's just easier. And, and I love being that example for them so that they know that they could just like add in some simple exercise and fitness that way. 
And then I change it up seasonally. You know, maybe that's my acupuncture background kind of coming back. But I believe there's times of being more active, you know, here in the summers, it's really easy to get out, get more runs in, get that outside time. And then in the winters, I really rest and I come back to doing those short bursts, but mix it in with yoga, Pilates, um, I love Pilates that's mixed with dance. My oldest daughter is a big dancer. So that those are the kind right. of exercises we can do together. But that would be my big thing as a mom is just, you know, no minimal equipment, something that I could do on my phone, I could do on the go, like we're waiting for something, we could just get it done. And something that I can do with the kids um, so that I don't get reasons to not do it. It's very easy to it's very easy to think, oh, I'll do it when I have like this perfect time, like I'm alone and the lighting's right and I'm in my cute <laughs> and I found the perfect, you know, coach yeah. with this like high fangled, you know, uh, money sleep and my house is cleaned and all the gifts are wrapped like you could make a whole story about it and then it doesn't happen. So I yeah, the perfect time never comes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So what is your best piece of advice for people who just want to start uh, exercising now? How can they start? Uh, what can motivate them to kind of start and keep going at it? Oh, gosh. So I'm big on making it easy and making it feel as good as possible on your body. I mean, I, I, as you, you talk about, the mind and the body are so intertwined. I think you could hit the exercise really hard. But if your mind is still thinking these stress thoughts and that, you know, you're you have body fat and body shame and you're hating yourself. Like I just, the weight will not come off. And even if it does, that's a hell of a way to go through life. So for me, um, the support system, the accountability so that you could have someone celebrate with you, you know, every, you know, if you have someone that you can buddy up with, there's so many technology things, but I think especially if you, if you can find a group, have somebody where maybe they're trying to lose weight too, or even if not, that you could celebrate each other, you know, maybe they're trying to get a handle on their finances and you're trying to lose weight. I, I have a whole group of people where we do something called bragging. It's a, it's a technique from the school of womanly arts where we just share what, what we were able to accomplish. And we don't even have to be accomplishing the same goals. So I can be right. like, you know, I got my exercise done today and here's a cute selfie. And they might say to me, like, I cleaned out my purse and I bought myself a new pair of shoes or, you know, I had a, a difficult conversation that I had been putting off or, you know, I filed my taxes appropriately. Like and we have this back and forth where we're celebrating the accomplishments and the progress. And that goes so far, like to know that if I do this, I have someone that will, you know, I'll get that feedback right away uh, around my accomplishments. So I think having like that support system, keeping it really easy, really simple and realizing it's, it's about loving yourself. Like what would feel good? You know, you could start with five. If you, if you really haven't been active in a long time and you know what I did this, that when I first went back after the, yeah, let's talk about that. I was going to ask you like when you started after the third baby, what happened? Because you would have been inactive for a long, long time. How did you restart? Yes, it was it was like a year and a half, almost two years, I want to say that. I mean, I kid you not. I was like, you know, I will not even climb stairs at work. Like I, I just was so big. Um, I started with dancing. I started putting on headphones and dancing. And I probably started with one song. 
and moved to two songs and moved to three songs and, you know, did it at some point most days. And then when I was ready, I moved to more restorative um, exercise. I moved to the um, stretching Pilates. I, I came back to dance, but to me, incorporating music was just the way to go. And then I built my support with, you know, my sisters and and the people that support me with everything I do in life. And the moving was not any different. People that celebrated me. So that was how I started. Yeah, I, you know, the other thing that I want to point out to our listeners is it's interesting that when we talk about physical activity, we a lot of times equate it to exercise, but physical activity is so much more than exercise. Even if you're just walking to work or if you park your, these are some of the techniques we, you know, whenever we talk to patients who are suffering from obesity or who are not as physically active, some techniques, basic techniques that they can use, for example, just park your car further away from your office. Then rather than finding the closest spot to your office, you just walk that extra bit. Take the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Simple things um, that you can do. For example, if there's something that you can stand and do rather than sit and do, just stand and do it. Uh, very, very simple things wherein you're increasing your physical activity. And these are not exercise. These are not regimented um, exercises that you're doing. And then, you know, like I said, it, even if you start with five minutes, 10 minutes, and then you build upon it. And it doesn't have to be in one go that you have to do 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. You start with 10 minutes and whatever little time you find, and everything is beneficial. Any amount of exercise is beneficial over no exercise in terms of your general health. Um, the other thing, actually, one of my previous guests had mentioned, and this is so important, is that exercise may not help you lose weight, but even if you're not gaining weight while you're exercising, that's a big win. Because it's going to help you prevent the regain. And that also people do not understand and um, internalize that I'm not losing weight, but I'm not gaining weight either. And that's such a, such a crucial step too, that you're not gaining the weight back. So, so that's very important to understand as far as exercise goes. Um, and starting with the very basic thing, I think you really um, said it right, that you have to do what you enjoy doing. For example, you enjoyed dancing. So you started with dancing. And that's so important because if you're not going to enjoy something, you're not going to do it for a very long time and you're just going to stop. So you really have to find something that you're going to enjoy doing and just do it. And finding accountability partners. We've talked about this in my previous episodes. I think it's so crucial in weight loss. And uh, yeah, that's that's great that you have um, you know accountability partners in, in your coaching program and in your group that you have. Uh, so that's amazing. Um, any last advice or tips for people who are just starting their weight loss journey and who are feeling overwhelmed like I'm sure you were when you were the you'd reached that point of being 70 pounds heavier than you were before? Mm. I would say, you know, whenever you feel overwhelmed, it's it's usually a sign of three things. You know, you're you're don't have enough support. I think so often we think we just have to like bear down with our willpower and do it, but it's amazing how held you can feel, how much support can really take away a lot of that overwhelm. So the first thing would be to get your support system, whether you're following with a coach or accountability with people you know who have completely other goals, who have the same goals, who you don't know the people at all, and you join one of the you know online communities. But the, the support is a big one. And then the second one is the learning to love your body as you are. Like, don't wait 
don't wait and think, oh, you know, I have to hate on myself until these 40 pounds go away. Like just start now really keying into like what your body is the next healthier step for your body along the way has really been the the proven path for me. You know, it, it was like, what's next and really only doing one, maybe two changes at a time. I had always, you know, I'm going to change 12 things. Like if you're deciding to lose weight, let that be the one thing that you're changing. Don't decide you're going to uproot your finances or start a new career path or, you know, launch through healing all your childhood wounds, right? It's like, let this be the one thing that you're doing so that you could really key in and build some success because we love that social proof, right? Like we love getting success in one area. It's going to spill into the others. But what I see is with people that get overwhelmed is they're trying to change like every facet of their life that's not working, um, as opposed to just focusing on one thing with support and making a few changes in the way that's like the easiest, most pleasurable, fun way possible. So those would really be my takeaways. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it has to be small steps and one step at a time. And that's how you uh, conquer anything really you have to chip away at it slowly and steadily and just continue along and just celebrate the small wins so yeah it was great um so listeners don't forget to drop us a review or a comment if there are specific topics that you would like me to discuss please let me know you can write to me at host at decoding obesity.com um, that's all we have time for today thank you so much uh, lisa for joining us and sharing your story and um, i'll see you all next time Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time. <laughs>